I don't know about you, doesn't that just make you want to clap? Yes. <laughs> well, as we, uh, as we celebrate uh, this week, uh, the declaration of our country from the tyranny of the British Empire, I can only imagine what those founding fathers must have been going through, some of the questions, some of the fears that they, they were, had to walk through, knowing that God has called them to uh, set this country uh, free with just a declaration. And so I can only imagine what they were going through. And it's very similar to what Joshua was going through as we look to him today. So we are in a series that we begin today, Joshua, and uh, I, I've been loving these character series. We, you know, we've been doing these for about a year. We've taken specific characters in God's word, and we've been hanging out with them, going on vacation with them, and just uh, picking their brain a little bit, seeing their situation, and then seeing how it ties into our life as well. And what can we learn uh, from these characters? And so we're going to spend a few weeks on Joshua, but before we get into a little bit of Joshua, I want to uh, tie in a little bit with uh, with. Moses, because we, uh, we finished Moses a couple of weeks ago, uh, but we never buried Moses, and so we're going to bury him uh, today, and uh, then we're going to get into, into Joshua. But the, the main focus for today, there's two word focus for today. Today's message is all about second chances, second chances. How many of y'all have ever been given a second chance on anything? Yes, yes. You begin a second chance. I've been given second chances on lots of things. The thing that probably the second chance that I can uh, relate with the most and more dear to my heart is I got a second chance on a woman, and her name is Suzanne, my wife. So we dated in college a couple of years, and then I don't know, I don't know what happened to me. I, I, I looked at her and I said, you know, I, I'm gonna. I think we need to date other people. You know, I'm gonna date some other girls, you know, and stuff. And, and I know you're, what you're thinking. You're thinking, Frank, are you crazy? Are you stupid? Yes, I was stupid. Yes, absolutely. And so we, uh, we had a little bit of a time. Uh, we, were, we, we didn't date for a few months. And then I got a second chance. I was just like, you know, I, I'm so sorry. You know, just, you know, let's try this again and everything. And of course, um, thank you, thankful that he, she, uh, she came and she was able to uh, accept me back. So thank you, uh, sweetheart, for doing that. But I got a second chance. Imagine if I didn't get that second chance. Imagine if she started dating somebody and really liked the other guy better than me, which is a very good possibility. And, and she decided to go with someone else. I mean, my kids would not be here today. I mean, I would be, yeah, it would not be good. And so I'm so grateful that I got a second chance and you may have had a second chance in your life. Think about a second chance you've had in your life. Students, you may have had a chance maybe to, to turn in an assignment that you forgot about and your teacher by grace gave you that second chance. Okay, uh, maybe through IRS taxes, or maybe through your boss, adults, you know, or or maybe um, students with your parents. Whatever the situation is, there have been many opportunities we've had second chances in our life, and it all deals around grace and God's grace. And so we're going to be talking about that uh, in today's message about those second chances. Um, you know, maybe you've had a second chance of health issues, uh, love. Okay, or maybe even um, 
uh, maybe even on a baseball team or football team students, maybe you walked away and you're like, man, I get a second chance uh, to this. But before we do that, let's revisit and go back to the first chance that the Israelites had. Because the Israelites had a second chance. But going back to the first chance, we talked about this on Father's Day. The Israelites were uh, at the border of the promised land and Moses sent out 12 spies. They were uh, selected from each tribe. And so those spies, those 12 men went to go and uh, just look at the land, just see the bountiful fruits of the land. Like, what is this land really about? We've been hearing about this, you know, land flowing and milk and honey and all this stuff. How, how good is this place, you know? It's kind of like when, when uh, someone tells you about a, a hotel to stay in uh, when you're going on a trip. It, what do you do? You go online and you look at the pictures. Like, how good is this hotel? Okay, or a resort. Like, how good is this resort? And so that's what the Israelites are doing. They just wanted to go see what was this about. So they came back, and uh, as we shared, uh, obviously they had great, bountiful, um, big grapes and 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 all kinds of of of, of harvests and everything that this land has produced. And then they also came back with reports of giants and fortified cities and how there's no way that we can take this land. Of course, they they put themselves in that position rather than God. They didn't say, well, of course, we can't do it, but God can do it. God can make a way because he already has made a way. The Red Sea, all the plagues, look what God has done. But they forgot about all of that. And so they they were like, you know, we, we can't do it, period. And that's where they left it. And God's like, hello, I, I'm up here. Look what I've done. Okay, you don't, you don't believe I can help you with this. All right, so once you wander around the desert for 40 years and see what you think of that. And, and it's interesting that um, uh, everyone that was 18 years and older, at the time when they were, had their first chance, all of those people died in the wilderness for 40 years. God just gave time for natural uh, things to happen in their life. And uh, so everything, everybody 18 and older died. And so the Israelites now get obviously a second chance. But before we do that, we have this opportunity, we have this, uh, uh, this deal where, where Moses is, is uh, on his last part of his life and he is saying the following in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse one and three. So we have Moses say this, as Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old and I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. You will destroy these nations before you and you will take possession of the land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you as the Lord said. So they're gonna cross over, they finally get their second chance and they're gonna have to do it without Moses in that same chapter, verse six and eight. So Moses says this, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or never forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to your ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. These are the last known words of Moses in scripture. 
as he spoke to Joshua and Israel before he died. And we even see the death of Moses in, in, a, in a few uh, chapters over, Deuteronomy 34, 5 and 6. And Moses, a servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He uh, buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where the grave is. So here we have Jerusalem. I mean, we have Israel. And we have this, uh, this second chance to enter into the promised land. 40 years later, second chances. And so Joshua, can you imagine what Joshua was going through? Imagine what Joshua was feeling. Because if you remember, Joshua was one of the two, him and Caleb, one of the two who said, look, we can, we can attack this land through God's power. We can do this. And so they had a vote, 10 to two, we're not gonna do this. And so Joshua spent 40 years him and Caleb, God kept alive during those 40 years because they were on board with God's plan. And so Joshua, imagine 40 years waiting to get to this promised land. He wanted to do it in the first place. So here he is waiting to get into this promised land. So what can we learn from this? What can we learn from this second chance that Israel uh, received? Number one, we can learn this, God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. You ever had somebody make a promise and break it? We all have. We all, many of us have probably broken promises. But God always keeps his promise. We see this in Joshua chapter one, verse one and three. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promise Moses. So what we see here is, is obviously God has kept his promise. Just because they mess up and, and they did not obey God with, with their first chance, they get a second chance through God's grace. He said, look, I promise this to you and I'm gonna uphold my promise. So what this tells me is this, God has no plan B. God has no plan B for this. God wants to stick to his plan A. I know that was 40 years ago, but remember the plan A? Yeah, it's still the same. <laughs> it's still the same plan. There's no, there's no plan B so let's put that in our, in our life. Maybe, maybe you've done something in your life and you know it was plan A for God and maybe you messed up a little bit. Maybe something sidestepped you in your life. Maybe a, a, a mistake, a, a trip up, a mishap. Maybe you were planning to go into college and you, and you end up getting pregnant. Oh, that stops all of that. Can't do God's plan A. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can do God's plan A. Absolutely. You may have to delay it a little bit, but that's fine. You can go with God's plan A. And I'm just using that as, a, as an example. There, there's, there's many examples that you, can, that you can choose from. Let's say if God's plan A is for you to, you have this desire to bless people, be able to, to, to have, have funds to be able to bless people in their life and, and, and to further God's kingdom, to be a generous person, but then just all, all the things, all their stuff, gets in the way and debt and everything. And here we are 
barely making ends meet. And it's like, I, I, I can't do God's plan. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can do God's plan A. So your second chance means God's plan A for your life. Now, it may, it may have different clothing. It may look slightly different, but the direction and what you're doing is all part of God's plan. So, um, so that's number one. God keep, keeps his promise. Number the second thing we can learn out of this whole second chance that Israel got is that God will never uh, leave you alone. God will not, never leave you alone. And Joshua 1, 5 and 6, it says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give. You know, it can be intimidating and downright fearful to start walking towards second chances. You know, repairing, repairing a broken marriage because of infidelity is a tough second chance road. We've got friends, dear friends, that are going through this. They don't live around here, but they're going through this, and it's a very tough road. And so, um, but God has shown them that he will never leave them. He will never forsake them. Uh, uh, students, going to your parents with the truth is a tough second chance road. You know, but God is there to walk with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And you don't have to face your second chance alone. Your second chance, because when you go to your second chance, you've got to let down your pride a little bit. And remember, when you go to your second chance, you're going back to God's plan A. A is better than B. So you're going back to God's plan A. Even though how scary it is, how humiliating it might be, God is there with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. I believe God put these words here uh, in his word to encourage us because we all go through second chances. We all have to face second chances in our life. And to know that God will never leave us, that is huge. So God keeps his promises. God will not leave you alone. Number three, God wants you to succeed um, in, in Joshua uh, 1, 7 and 8. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful for wh wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Did you know that God wants you to be successful? God does. He wants you to be successful. He wants you to prosper. You are his children. I want my kids to be successful. I want my kids to be prosperous because guess what? They're gonna take care of me when, they're, when I'm old, all right? But I want them to be happy, successful. I want them to be, be uh, prosperous and it doesn't mean just money. I want them to be prosperous with joy and peace and, and good health. I want them to have good things in the same way with God. God is not wanting to catch you messing up again. God is not waiting you. On your way to your second chance, God is not going, oh, 
here, here they come again, trying to go back to my plan A. Let's see if the, you know, messes up again. God did not treat the Israelites that way. When, when after the 40 years and they're getting ready and they're like, okay, God said 40 years, 40 years is up. Moses is getting them ready. They've got a plan of where, you know, who's gonna go where on the, uh, on the land and all this stuff. And, and so they're ready. And if they get up there and God's like, hey, what are you, you're, you're back here? Oh, are you gonna try this again? Oh, well, good luck with that. Because last time you messed up. Last time you, you, you didn't have the guts to trust me. So let's see, let's see how you can do. That's not what God did. And that's not, that's not what God is doing in your life as well. So when you're trying to repair marriages and finances and health and other relationships in your life, trying to repair your quiet time with the Lord, trying to get those pieces in place, God is not there with crossed arms waiting for you to mess up. And we know that because of what he did with the Israelites. God is not waiting for you to mess up. He doesn't want that. He wants you to succeed. God is applauding you as you are on your way to your second chance life. God's plan A. I don't know about you, that's great news. That is good, good news. He's not waiting for you to mess up. And then he gives a plan for success. What is a plan for success? In, the, in, in, um, in verse eight, it says, keep the book of the law always in your lips, meditate on it day and night, so that you'll be able to careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Notice that God says, okay, when you're going to attack the enemy, you need to sharpen your swords. You need to, you need to practice all right, you need to practice for warfare. You need to do all these things. You need to have a workout routine. You need to get everything ready. God did not say anything about that when they were getting ready to enter the land. You would think God would have some sort of military strategy, some sort of way to make sure that they could, they could take these guys. God's like, okay, for you to be successful and prosperous, here's what you have to do. Spend time with me, open up my word, Read my word. Uh, read it. Say it on, on your lips. It talks about that. Meditate it in your mind. Memorize it. Make it part of your life. Did you know that's God's recipe for you to be successful and prosperous in your life? God, for you to be successful or prosperous doesn't mean you have to go to college. Doesn't mean you have to marry a certain person. Does it mean that you, you have to you know, jump through all these hoops? Here's a way to be successful and prosperous, saying God's word. And God's word will guide you. It, it is a lamp unto your feet and light unto your path. God's word is there. And so he tells the Israelites, that's the plan. That's how you're gonna be successful and prosperous. It's not about what military campaign you do. It's about you Staying in fellowship with me and my word. Same word for us today. Because you know what? Bible says God never changes. Same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? All right, good. So if he's the same yesterday, today, forever, then this message is for us today. It's timeless. That's why it's in God's word. 
And so, if you wanna be successful and prosperous, students, look at me, look at me, okay? Look, if you wanna be successful and prosperous, stay in God's word. Stay in God's word. Spend time with him. That is the way to be successful and prosperous. The recipe is right there. We found the secret to life. You can go tell your friends. It's right there. So, what we've learned, God keeps his promises. God will never leave you alone. God wants you to succeed. And number four, God calms your fears. Oh, there's that F word. Can't, don't you can't stand F words? Can't stand F words, except for food. I like food. But fears, mm, fears, they get you every, every time. And it's not just when you're watching a scary movie. Fears are circling in your mind about what could happen, what did happen. So uh, Joshua 1.9 reminds us of something very important. Now, this, is a, this is a fabulous, fabulous verse. In fact, this is a verse you probably need to add to those you want to learn in your life. Have I not commanded you, question mark, be strong and courageous. There, there's that, there's two words again. God just keeps bringing that up. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. If God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and if this is in God's word, there's a reason for that is because you and I can read it. You and I could take this verse and we can live it. We could use this verse and say, thank you, God, that you're with me. Thank you, God, that you're giving me strength. You're giving me courage. Uh, you're, you're, you're helping me with my fears. He's not necessarily taking all your fears away because you will walk in fear. If you're not walking in fear of something, it means you're not really you know, uh, testing God you know, and, and, and growing in your faith, okay? Fear's gonna be there, but you're gonna be like, Oh, I, yeah, fear's right there. I see that. That's good. But I, I'm, still, I'm still pressing on. I'm still pressing on. And I'm not gonna focus on my fears, even though it's still there, because God wants me to be strong and courageous. So God keeps saying, be strong and courageous. God is there as a great encourager. He keeps telling us time and time again, be strong be courageous, be strong, be courageous. You wanna try to do something in your life that you've never done before? Be strong, be courageous. There are people in our church who, who just, you know, just buying a house or they're trying to buy a house and all that, and, and, and it's, yeah, it's scary. Buying your first house, I remember when, when Susanna and I bought our first house, you know, we were like, man, what do we do? You know, I, I mean, and all these people are like wanting things from us. We're like, here, just take everything, you know, whatever, you know, and signing all these papers and we had no idea. You know, the first house, I'm like reading every line, you know, and, you know, now it's like, oh, whatever, you know. <laughs> and, and, and so, but the first, but, but it's, why? Because it's scary. You know, it, it, you're, you're a little bit afraid for that. But God is saying, look, I want you to be calm I want to calm your fears, not take away your fears. I want to calm your fears. I want you to, I'm gonna bring your fears down a notch or two. So if God is saying, look, 
That plan A that I had, that second chance, I want you to take it. I want you to take it. That second chance of that person in your life that maybe you had a bad relationship, maybe you had a, you know, uh, an argument, you need a second chance of that relationship. God's like, look, be strong, be courageous. I know you could be a little bit of afraid, but be strong, be courageous. So he calms our fears. Another thing he does, I mean, he, I mean, he does lots of things, but he's telling us it's time to prepare. It's time to prepare. So now that we've been encouraged, it's time for us to prepare for that second chance. That's what we see in Joshua 1.10. It says this, now, so Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. That was never said on their first chance. Back in Moses, 40 years ago, that was never said. They were adamant. That was never said. So, so what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Get the provisions ready. Because see, last time, 40 years ago, Moses allowed the, the other 10 spies to secretly tell people it get everybody riled up and their fears growing and it just kind of sat there and he didn't do anything. Joshua's like, no, 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 no. Three days. You got three days to get your stuff together. If not, we're leaving you behind. It's kind of like you tell your kids, we're leaving the house in five minutes and we're gonna leave without you, you know? And so Joshua, three days. We're, we're not gonna talk about it. We're not gonna talk about what we heard the last time we were here, 40 years ago. We're not gonna talk about the fortified cities. We're not gonna talk about the giants. We're not even gonna talk about that. We're gonna get our provisions ready because here we go. In fact, if I can leave today, I will, but I understand you need three days. So let's make it happen. So it's time to prepare. So put your plan together and get ready for your second chance. Don't put it aside because your second chance at, at something in your life and you will, if you're not facing one now, you will, you will. Don't put it off. Make a plan, get going. We're gonna talk about that plan because there's a new approach to this than last time. When you walk towards your second chance, God reminds us to have a new approach. In Joshua Chapter two, verse one, it says this, and Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Now, let me just say a little bit about that last part. The, the plan was not to go into a house of a prostitute. Hey, it's a new plan. Woo, yeah, I like this plan. Next week, you don't wanna miss next week because we're gonna talk about Rahab and the incredible miracle and the incredible act of grace and mercy that God displays to someone like Rahab and to people like us, and you don't wanna miss it. But this is the last verse we're gonna talk about today because I'm gonna stop it here. But here, here's what I wanna bring out. 
there was a different approach. You see, last time, those spies were selected. Everybody knew who they were. They probably had a send-off party. Yay, you know, they're gonna be gone for a month, you know, and they're, they're scouring the land. And yeah, bring back great stuff, you know, take pictures, you know, let's, you know, let's, let's celebrate, you know. And, and <laughs> I could just imagine this big send-off party, you know. And then they come back, hey, they're back, yay. What did you, what did you find out? Yeah, grapes, oh, awesome. These grapes are awesome. Giants, what? Fortified cities, what? Oh, no. Lions and tigers and bears, oh, my. And so Joshua did it different. He chose two people. Secretly, no one knew about it. I love this. No one knew about it. He's like, we're not messing this up again. Because all it took was two people to recognize that it was, t- it, it was time for God to take over the land. So I'm only going to choose two people. So he chose two people, probably people that, you know, you know, guys that were pretty positive about it and walking with the Lord and fear of the Lord and walked in his ways. Like, all right, go and scour the land and especially Jericho. That's the first time we hear about Jericho. First time we hear. Why did we hear about Jericho before? They didn't talk about Jericho. Why did we hear about Jericho before? You know Why? Because they wanted to see what was in the land, what was for them. It's like, we've been slaves for 400 years. We, you know, it's time for us to have our share, you know? Promised land, what's in it for us? Wait, we, we got to fight people? Are you serious? We got to fight giants? I, wait, I didn't sign up for this. Let's go back to Egypt. I didn't sign up for this. And so... Joshua sent secret spies. How can we relate relate that with us? You know, Joshua wasn't all about trying to get opinions. He didn't want opinions. He wanted facts. He didn't care about the bounty of the land. He'd already seen that. He said, go to Jericho. Because when I was here last, I kind of saw this big city in the distance and walls and everything. But we were too busy looking at what was in it for us, but go to Jericho. And so he wasn't interested in opinions. He was interested in facts. Can I tell you something? Look, on your way to your second chance at whatever God has in for you, for God's plan A, don't get opinions. God already has his opinion that he's already given it to you. Don't get opinions. Don't, don't ask people for their opinion, your opinion. Don't ask, don't ask your, your best friends, oh, should I reconcile my marriage? No, don't ask them. Of course you should. Yes. Now you may want to get facts of where you are and maybe a counselor and, 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 and here are some things that you can do. Here, here, are, some, here are some books you can read and, and, and obviously you know, some prayers you could pray and, and, and everything. But don't get, don't get opinions. Don't ask your coworker, hey, should I come clean with my boss because I stole something? No, don't get their opinion. They could be like, no, you'll get fired. And be like, oh, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't. No, you, you don't need to get opinions when going back to your second chance, to God's plan A. So don't get opinions. 
That's not what, that's not what it's there for. And second of all, is that you, uh, you need to have a plan of attack and you need to conquer one Jericho at a time. You know, there, there were other cities, and we'll, we'll see this in, as we progress on through Joshua. There were other cities. Joshua didn't say, hey, check out Jericho and then these other cities, and I wanna know, no, 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 no. Jericho was the first city. We're gonna do this one city at a time because if we're focusing on all of these cities, we're probably, we might, we'll lose the first city and all these other cities will be like, oh man, these guys don't know what they're doing. And we'd be attacked and defeated. And so he's saying, look, go to Jericho only. So that's what they did. We'll talk about that next week. So when you're going to your second chance of whatever God is telling you to do, just focus on one small thing at a time. For example, let's say if you have somebody in your life that you need to reconcile with, there's, there's probably several issues that you need to reconcile with, right? There's probably lots of fortified cities in that relationship that, that you've got to work through. Choose one. Choose one. Um, and you'll find out soon in the next few weeks how to approach those. You know, don't approach those with swords, okay? Approach them with God's strength, God's guidance, you know, God's grace. But those relationships that you need to reconcile do one problem at a time. Just work through it. Be patient. Be patient with that. And then it will help you. So as, you, as, we, uh, as we review the things we've learned is that number one, God keeps his promises. Number two, God will never leave you alone. Number three, God wants you to be successful. Number four, God will calm your fears, not take them away, he'll calm them. Number five, he's telling you, look, it's time to prepare. It's time for you to prepare. And number six, you need to do it a new approach. You need to do it with a new approach. Um, our, our church has an opportunity to, uh, to have a first chance at something, okay? Just like the children of Israel and Joshua, we have, quote unquote, a promised land. How do I know it's promised? Because God has spoken to us very clearly. He's spoken to us. And so God is telling us, look, Take a deep breath. I know you're afraid. I know it's really big. I know it's a big, it's a big project. I know you can't do it on your own. I know that. God's telling us that. But you do what you can do, and I'll do what I can do. That's what God is telling us. That's what God wanted to tell us. Look, just be strong and courageous. I've got this. What is he telling us as a church? Be strong. Be courageous. I've got this because I have ordained this land, this future location. Stop approaching it with any kind of pessimistic mindset. Put it in God's hand. As long as you're doing your part, I'm doing my part, 
We're collectively doing our parts. God will do his part. You have to believe in that. So stop looking at any kind of financial giants connected with that property. Because there's one big giant, and he's got a big $3 million on his forehead. And it's a big giant for our size church. But that's okay. Because if we're afraid of that, and if we take votes on that and get a bunch of opinions, we're going to run away. No. Just we need to continue to walk forward. Because let me tell you what. Lake Point Church, I don't want to get to the point to where we have to go have a second chance at that future location. It's not God's plan. God's plan A is a plan he asked for us, and that is that. Now, we're walking through with it with God's grace, God's wisdom, with prayer, with counseling, lots of things. Yes, but I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you. Just don't be discouraged by anything that's going on with that. Just be strong, be courageous. And I think this verse, back to 1-9, Joshua 1-9, I think this verse is for us. Have I not commanded you, Lake Point Church? Lake Point, be strong. Lake Point, be courageous. Lake Point, don't be afraid. Lake Point, don't be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you, Lake Point, wherever you go. We could put our words and our, our name in that. You could put your name in that because God has sealed his word for thousands of years. So whatever that second chance is in your life, I wanna encourage you to do that. And understand this, that your second chance, your second chance, there's going to be a fight. There's gonna be something that you've gotta tackle, okay? Just by you saying oh, okay, I'll have courage and, and everything. It doesn't mean there's not gonna be a fight. As we celebrate our independence of our, of our country the, uh, this week, you know, when, when the founding fathers, they signed the Declaration of Independence, when they put all those words together and crafted that document together and they signed it, that was just the beginning. There were still battles that, that they had to face. There were wars they needed to fight. There were men that were going to lose their lives after the Declaration of Independence. So just because we declare something doesn't mean that we are not going to have to fight for it. So be willing to fight for that. Whatever that is in your life, maybe that second chance in your life, I wanna encourage you to do so. And so here's what I wanna do. I want... I want us as a, as a church to uh, have some time together, just a few minutes. And so I want you to think about in your life some, maybe there's a second chance in your life that you just like, man, Frank, I've been putting this off. I've been need, meaning to go and do this. And so maybe there's some things in your life that you're like, uh, you know, Frank, I, I, I need to get back to this. And so if that is you, that I, I would encourage you to Visit that and ask God, Lord, give me strength, give me courage, and help me, Father. Help me with this. So every I, I, I head bowed, eye closed, if you could. I want to uh, have a few minutes where we can just talk with God and allow God to have his way here with us, to have his way here in our service, in our time. 
And so what I want us to do is I, as you, uh, as a band comes and plays softly, I wanna encourage you. I wanna encourage you to think about something in your life that you're scared about. What are you scared about? Or what, um, what keeps you up at night? What, um, what is something in your life that you've gotta go back and have a second chance with? What is something in your life that you feel like, Lord, I know I've just gotta, I've gotta do this. 